and welcome to the Great Data Minds podcast series. My name is Julie Burroughs. Today, I'm honored to have not only a friend and a colleague with me by the name of Diana Anderson. She's with the Nature Conservancy, and today we're going to talk about using data sets and AI for conservation. Welcome, Diana. Thank you, Julie. I'm really looking forward to this. Nice day today, isn't it? It's gorgeous. Beautiful. We're sitting here in the sunset. Speaking of climate change. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we have a little champagne board for us. So this is our fourth attempt at getting started, but I think we got it this time. Yep. So welcome. And um, boy, you've had a long, long history of data. So fill the uh, audience in on some of the work you've done over the years. Yeah. So um, most of my professional career has been working in the information solutions technology area, both government and private sectors, mostly the private sector area. Um, I started my career out of college as an Oracle DBA, and I think that's where I started getting passionate about data um, because I was a database administrator and I started really understanding the importance of data at that time. And then um, building on that, I had the the opportunity to um, actually start building out data warehouses and and more of a business intelligent um, solutions, and that's when that was nascent at that time, back in the early 2000. I'm dating myself, but that's okay. when, uh, yeah, when the data um, analytics started becoming really important. Businesses started realizing that their transactional data really could um, give insights and into um, analytics on how their customer base was doing and, and, and whatnot. So um, one might say I'm very passionate about data. My whole career has been in the data vertical. Um, I, my specialty has been building strategies specifically for decision making, as I mentioned earlier, like data warehousing and, and recognizing that it, it's really important to integrate data specifically for decision making. And so that was my, my role. My most significant role, um, career role prior to this role was when I was at the state of Colorado. I had the opportunity Mm -hmm. to, um, sit in the role as the chief data officer for the state of Colorado and, and, and make some differences in that role. Um, Colorado was the first state to recognize the importance of data. And they, they actually had the first chief data officer in the country. Wow, I didn't know that. Yep. They were the first to bring in, I was the second one to fill that role. Um, but yeah, so the state of Colorado is very progressive when it comes to, to recognizing how important data is to um, insights. Um, in that role, I championed um, a enterprise information architecture using big data mm-hmm. around um, disparate state systems, specifically, yeah, specifically to um, help insights into making sure that, that the children that are using our state services who are really in need of those state services are really um, getting all the services that the state can offer. So imagine if you will, you know, um, we're all, we pay taxes. So we have information in, in revenue. Um, if you have kids in education, you've got people in the department of education. Um, you have, um, if you're uh, less fortunate and you need services around Medicaid or, or, um, you know, services to help you, with your family needs and whatnot, all that information is sitting in disparate systems. Yeah. And so what we did is we um, took a big data approach 
uh, working with Deloitte and, and brought those disparate data systems together so we could get insight to see how well children were being serviced by the state um, services. Well needed, well needed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now you're um, a senior advisor of data strategy over at the Nature Conservancy. Um, tell us, and really actually it was the first time you, I guess, dove into the world of artificial intelligence. And yep. sounds like you're doing a lot with global data sets too, which is really cool. So um, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, what you your experience with AI ML and, and going into that, I shouldn't say new world order because damn it in the new world order anymore, but you know, what did you uh, start to see as you um, came to your new position? Yeah. Like my, my biggest eye opener, yeah. if you will. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So um, what, what really resonated with me is how quickly artificial intelligence and, and, and machine learning is a, is a, a piece of, of artificial intelligence. It's more than that, but how, Businesses have adopted artificial intelligence, and, and you need data, right? Nothing, nothing works without data. Analytics, you need data. But how businesses have been able to accelerate and refine their decision-making because of the data and the artificial intelligence integration. And that was really um, an eye-opener to me. I mean, you think of Alexa, you think of, I mean, you just, that's artificial intelligence, you know, watch out. There's one in the room. Right. Yeah, she's going to, she's we don't going need to anyone joining our podcast. Alexa, what is artificial intelligence? <laughs> right. Yeah. And so, um, so that's that you don't recognize how technology has been so integrated into our lives, our, our daily lives. And now imagine applying that to nature and, and being able to, to use that. Um, and, and then how disruptive it's been, artificial intelligence to um, business verticals like Uber, Yelp, Airbnb. Those companies are technology companies. They're not a hotel company. They're not mm -hmm. a taxi company. But how they used artificial intelligence and data to create an industry and disrupt industries that exist today by just using technology with data and artificial intelligence. Um, those have been the um, the big eye openers for me. Is I'm starting to recognize it's like it's here, people. It's it's not coming. It's here, and we use it every day. And now we want to be able to take that to the next level and apply that to nature and conservation and see how well our conservation work is um, impacting um, climate or the world or Earth. Nice. Um, Tell us a little bit more about your project, your program that you have at the Nature Conservancy, some of the work that you're doing. Dive a little bit deeper, if you would. Okay, yeah. So um, if you think about the Nature Conservancy, and, and a lot of people may not know much about conservation, but really what we're trying to do is is protect the, the land and water in which all life depends. I mean, that's our that's our mission, is to really protect that. And um and the nature conservation has a lot of sensors and, and we have a lot of scientists and we do a lot of impact studies. And um, what we're trying to do is take that cognitive technology, such as applied data science, artificial intelligence and machine learning and, and apply knowledge graphs, all this, all this, this, um, these, um, I'm struggling with the word, um, these phrases we hear around that and, and actually unlocking patterns and find key, 
keen insights on actually how well our conservation is impacting urban cities or, or water watersheds because we turn we turn our water on at the tap we don't think anything about where that water is coming from i want you to stop diane i couldn't agree more with what you're saying i i love it but um dig in a little bit deeper into the projects that you're doing at tnc and tell us you know what results you're getting out of them and some of the great stuff you're seeing Right. So um, the Nature Conservancy has access to a wide variety of data around nature and conservation, from sensors to scientific uh, reviews and to impact studies. And so what we're what we're doing today is we're we're applying those cognitive technologies such as applied data science, artificial intelligence, and machine learning to unlock those hidden patterns and find key insights into this this data. So what we're building is a, a, a data artificial intelligence exchange and a platform that can facilitate this transformation. And there's five key tenants to, to this, this platform or this transformation. And first of all, you need to have open data. You have to really have the data available to scientists and to partners and to universities to be able to share that that knowledge, nice. yeah, because it, it really, uh, the collaboration is is where it's at, mm -hmm. and, and we see that throughout. You know, one mind can't solve the problems. I, I gave you an analogy earlier today on the the man on the moon. Back in the '60s, not one person sat in that room and said no. They said how. They knew they were going to get a man on that moon, and the same thing applies here. It's not no, it's how. How are we going to apply data and artificial intelligence to preserve nature and, 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 and improve conservation? And so the key tenets is we have a, a cognitive piece of that, and that's really applying the, the actual applying the artificial intelligence and machine learning to classify, to classify um, images. As, as an example, um, we're using... Uh, artificial intelligence to classify objects like fish species. So we have fishermen out on their on their uh, boats, and when they bring in their their catch, they take pictures and we catalog it. Wow. So we can tell wow. we can tell how these species are decreasing or increasing within a specific region within an ocean. Um, we're actually doing uh, classification and mapping of the coral reef locations. Um, and post and, and looking what people are posting on social media so we can assess the value of, of reef reef related tourism because that's an economic benefit to communities that that are relied on tourism for their livelihood. So, you know, we're 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 doing that as well. Um, another example is uh, we're using acoustic data um, in forests that are listening to the birds or whatever habitat is in that forest. And we're running those through artificial intelligent models to identify what species and what habitat is actually living in those forests or that, that, cool. that region. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's really interesting on, on how um, we're utilizing artificial intelligence and data science within the nature conservancy. So tell me about um, your internal data science team. What does it look like? Well, we have um, individuals that are really um, 
they really understand the geospatial data, mm-hmm. you know, so your ESRI data. And they're there. And then again, and I use the acoustic information. So you have these um, environmentalists, if you will, who are also data scientists. So they're thinking outside the box and saying, how can I take these artificial intelligent models and this data and apply it to nature? And so we have uh, we have data scientists throughout the organization that are using data science to help um, identify either habitat or um, groundwater. Nice. So, and, and the great news is, is that you've got, um, you're going with the, your platform, data scientists from around the world would be working with your team internally to make a difference. Absolutely. So that's awesome. Yep. So over the years um, with your work with data, what are some of the lessons you've learned? I, I, and, and it's really not a no-brainer. I think people could probably resonate with this, but technology is never the problem. Technology is, is the enabler. Mm-hmm. Culture is the challenge. Interesting. It's trying to get, get agree more. yeah, to get the companies and the business to culturally become more data-driven and more artificial intelligent, applying technology, yep. to their business processes. It's about the humans, I tell you. We we advocate that at Great Data Minds all the time. And you know, I saw a stat the other day that sixty five percent of data projects fail and they pointed to the fact that the, the teams were not cohesive and you know it, it went back to the humans, quite frankly. So Exactly. Yeah. Um, as our audience gets started with AI or, you know, start to dip their toe in the water with AI, what tips can you give them for getting started? Well, yeah, and I, I, I think we hear it all the time. It's like start small, find find a, a use case that's significant and important to to the company. You just don't want to pick a use case to prove a concept. But truly, find find a, a use case that really would bring value quickly. Okay. Yeah. Don't. It doesn't have to be complicated. Like for for example, um, let's say that we want to want to show that. We have bought some land. We did some conservation activity, management activity to that 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 location. We want to identify: did anything change? I mean, it's like, what was the change? So we 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 bought land. We we applied some conservation activities. If it's reforest reforestation, whatever that activity is. So now what? What was the impact of that change? It can be as simple as there was change. Okay, now we can dig in deeper. What was that change? You know, was it was it um, putting more trees into the forest or thinning out the forest so we have less wildfires? You yeah. know, so we, we 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 bought some land, we did deforestation and did thinning of the forest, and now we have less forest fires in those in those areas. You know, yeah, so and I think I've heard you say don't don't be afraid to fail. Fail fast. Yep. Yeah. Fail yep. fast. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, I really encourage you to start small, find a significant use case. Um, Definitely then find the right data to support that. Just don't throw, and I think this is a a misconception with the data lakes. And again, you may debate this with me, but, but you can't just throw data into somewhere without having some sort of curation or understanding of that data. Definitely won't debate that. Yeah. You know, and so you want to make sure you have the right data that supports that that strategy or that use case. And, and, and you know, you read all the stats that it says, like, data scientists, 
80, 70, 80% 80 of their time yeah. is curating that data yeah. for their models. So, you know, if you find that right data, and again, that's the whole um, point of sharing that information. You've gone through all that trouble, trouble of curating and, and making the data right. Why wouldn't you want to share that right. for future? Exactly. You know, and then I'm a cloud person. Cloud, cloud, cloud. Use the cloud. Use the cloud for your storage. Use the cloud for your, your compute, your, 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 to run these models. Use the cloud to do your analytics. It's quick. It's easy. It really, if you cheap. look at the, and it's cheap, your total cost of ownership, trying to bring all that on in-house, in to have to buy the hardware and the storage and the support to, to support that, it really makes it a lot easier to ramp it up, run your proof of concept and shut it down. You know, I'm, 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 I'm a cloud component. And then um, I'm, a, I'm all about opening and sharing knowledge and information, whether it be data or your, or your AI models or your statistical models, share, share, share. Um, there's a quote I read from Jeff Bezos. Um, I think everybody should know who Jeff Bezos is. <laughs> yep. I mean, I'm thinking as ding dong, <laughs> UPS is here. <laughs> yeah. And, and when he set, when he started at Amazon, one of his tenants was and a quote from him was saying that you find real strength in numbers through data partnerships. And he made it a policy in Amazon that you will not create a data asset without having an API associated with that. Because it's so critical to be able to share that information, that data throughout a company or throughout I didn't know this. an organization. This is great. Yeah. And he um and, and look where he is today. Yeah. And he so said no PowerPoints too. I did not know that. Yeah, <laughs> but but he clearly was a, a, a visionary on recognizing how opening up these data assets and, and opening up doesn't mean it has to be publicly available. You might have some IP type information, but open it up within your company. Well, share it. Start sharing this information because that's how you scale and that's how you get collaboration and and great ideas, great data minds come together. <laughs> When you collaborate. I agree. I agree. This has been awesome. It's been a great way to end the Friday. Glasses of champagne flowing. Uh, it, pardon the pings coming in. That's our audience saying, is this podcast available yet? No. <laughs> but it's been fun. And um, I want to thank you for joining us. If anyone in the audience has more questions or would like to collaborate with you, are you available for that? Absolutely. Okay. So um, if you'd like to speak with Diana more or learn more about what uh, the Nature Conservancy is doing, please reach out to us at info at greatdataminds.com. Um, thank you again. And I want to do a quick shout out to Lord X for the music on our podcast. We love it. And everyone have a great weekend. Thank you. Thank you, Diana. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.